Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here we go. 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 This is it. Uh, this is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. Pa, pa, pa. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? Got a bit of hair fever, Sam. Hair yeah, fever man. starting. You know what I mean? Got yeah. A bit sniffly, snuffly. There's a lot it's of people. A lot of people who'll uh, be getting paranoid because the uh, hay fever. Corona. Hey, mm. everyone, I don't know about you, but I've entered the stage of madness where every day there's a different reason that I think yeah. I have the virus. Yeah. <laughs> I, it was two nights ago, I was just sitting having a glass of wine about 10.30pm, and I got a dry cough for mm. about three minutes. I thought, mm. oh, That's fuck. That's it, done. But, wait, but, but then you get that, and you then immediately go into crisis mode, and you think, yeah. I am now fighting for my life. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It begins here. Because if I get this, I'm not thinking, I'm just going to shrug this off. I'm thinking, this is a battle. This is it. If I get it. Because I'm not in good shape anyway, so if I get very, this. I'm going to have to be very brave. Yeah, I don't know if I've, I don't think I've got any official underlying health conditions, but you know, physically, I'm a do. bit of a mess. Well, so, there's underlying and underlying. I mean, how deep? How deep well, have you yeah, dug? How deep have the of the medical professionals dug? You don't know. I, I don't know. I'm a glass of pharmacist, but they don't seem to know much. Yeah. Um, sorry. Um, I'm 47. That's an underlying health condition, isn't it? Is, it? Yeah. In itself. Fuck. But, yeah, uh, yeah the, the cough passed and I finished the wine and everything. Yeah, I have a different thing every day. I can't remember what it was yesterday. I was talking to my wife about it. I said, oh, today's symptom is, I think it was for just forgetfulness. Which is I, that one of the symptoms? It's not it? really one of the symptoms, but I chose to interpret it as a as an early <laughs> sign. The corona has attacked my mind. I was like, my head's all over the place here. It must be the coronavirus. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh. But, yeah. Yeah, um, so it's. I, t- I mean, it's tough. I mean, like, I feel as if you and I were a good litmus test for the for the nation's sanity. I felt that you yeah. and I started super positive, and we were getting a lot of messages from people saying how great it was, and we were really encouraging them. And mm. I mean, we're still on the whole positive, but slowly, I think we're that mad thoughts are creeping into our <laughs> yeah, minds. Yeah, yeah, the longer yeah, this goes yeah. on. <laughs> I think that's normal for everyone. There's this, so, there's uh, this film. Uh, it wasn't very famous, but my wife and I are absolutely obsessed with it ever since we saw it. We saw it once on like a whim. You know, when you're at cinema and there's only one film showing, you've not heard of it, but you, mm. you, you're free to go to cinema. Oh, go and see it. And Fuck it was it. called and it was called Bug. Right. And I think it stars. I can't remember either of their names. So that's no use. But it's basically about this couple, right? And the the bloke sort of is that they live together in this house and the bloke's mm-hmm. like a bit of a conspiracy theorist, literally tinfoil hat guy. Right. <laughs> and he slowly, it's just a story about how he slowly gets inside the mind of his seemingly rational, perfectly <laughs> nice wife, right. girlfriend. Yeah. And slowly like turns her to his way of thinking. And you see how easily it can happen even to the most sane and rational people. But cut a long story short, it's a slow creep. And by the end, he's convinced her that there are actual little bugs 
not the recording type, the actual like yeah. creatures all inside the walls who are listening to them and watching them. Fucking hell. And so by the end, they have covered every single bit of space, wall space and floor space and furniture in the whole house with mm. tinfoil and have wrapped themselves completely in tinfoil as well. And for some reason, I can't remember, also the police have sur- armed police have surrounded the house. And it's just a brilliant tale of like how rapidly paranoia can set in and become Definitely. super extreme. And very often my wife and I, when we get anxious about, we, when we get jointly anxious about any situation, which can from time to time, mm-hmm. uh, we just immediately just look at each other and say, bug. <laughs> bug. <laughs> We're literally always half a step away from covering the house and that's ourselves really in good. tinfoil. That's, that's good that you've got that kind of mutual support network. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> with each other. well, my, my wife isn't, it's, it's a similar thing because I am someone who's quick to, sort of immerse himself in anxiety whereas she Mm. is not like that but very occasionally i will sort of consciously or not (laughs) drag her into my world (laughs) the worst ever was when we got burgled years ago and um i think i've told the story of my burglary because it was it was but as burglaries go it was particularly um it was particularly eventful and dramatic I felt there was like mm-hmm. a particular amount of good stories to come out of the burglary. I don't think you have mentioned the burglary before. The, the burglary, right? That could be that could be a spin-off series. The, yeah, just the burglary. I could I could do the burglary like, odyssey. The, the 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 burglary story is amazing. Right, I'll tell you a bit of it now. The bit I was going to talk about was the 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 at the end of the whole burglary incident, we had to have lots of justice round, right? Mm. And when the loss adjuster comes round, you are shitting it, right? I didn't even know what a loss adjuster was, but they they cleaned us out these burglars, right? And so we were really and we were really skint at the time. We were totally out of pocket. We didn't know what we were going to do, so we were completely dependent on the insurance. But then you start reading the small print of the insurance, right? Mm, and you yeah. start shitting yourself that you've got all these different sorts of like fucking mad obscure locks that you know you're mm. only covered if you've got this particular. You know how it is. And then a loss adjuster has to come round and snoop about and basically work out whether you're telling the truth, right? Yeah. And we absolutely became obsessed with this with the visit of this loss adjuster, right? We we the loss adjuster's coming. Yeah. The loss adjuster's coming. Exactly. It was just all we could think about and all we could talk about for days in the build-up. There's even these sorts of vulture organisations who you find online who say, have you got a loss adjuster coming? Uh, we will represent you. We will come wow. to your home when the loss yeah. adjuster comes and we will deal with him directly. We will fight them. And we will fight them and then we will take <laughs> a percentage of whatever you get in your payout. It's just a fucking Ooh. scam, you know. Yeah. But such was my state of mind. I'm thinking, oh, I think we ought to get one of these lawyers around. <laughs> fucking Lionel Hutz to come round. <laughs> and, uh, and so... We were like on the day the loss adjuster came, we literally I mean, I don't know why we'd done this, but we had tidied the house like so mm. thoroughly, like we were trying to sell it or like the queen <laughs> was visiting. Yeah. Right. Beating bread and fresh coffee it smells. Was, honestly, it was like that. We dressed really nicely and our daughter was still like a, a little like I don't know, one or something like that, and we had her dressed nicely because we wanted to give this presentation of ourselves as like a perfectly normal, nice, respectable yeah, family. Yeah. Honest and decent. Not the sort who would fake their own burglary. 
<laughs> All right. What they didn't know um, is that uh, my mate, the copper, uh, mm. had come round and given the house a once-over after the burglary and given an independent uh, opinion on, oh, the na- right. on the nature of the burglary and any bits that we might not have considered properly. Anyway, it was all above board. He came around, it was fine. The cat, who I've got to talk about, who was still quite young, he was only about one himself, he right. we was so fucking nervous, right? And we sat there and we were like, as soon as he got, would you like a cup of tea? And mm. he's gone, yes, that would be very nice. And we're literally like practically shaking. We've driven ourselves insane. It was full bug. And mm. um, we're even like putting on our nicest voices. So, how long have you been a loss adjuster? What a fascinating <laughs> line of work. <laughs> the cat fucking comes up like halfway through the chat. He's just doing a load of paperwork. The cat comes along creeps up the cat loves strangers loves visitors to the house right it will like yeah. really go and make a big effort to like befriend them right yeah and the and you could tell this guy wasn't interested in cats the cats got up on the fucking table and started lapping at his tea right and i've gone fuck <laughs> i've just jumped out of skin gone, no son fuck off <laughs> he lost my shit and he's going oh it's okay he's going, he was drinking your tea i'm so sorry i'll make you a fresh run <laughs> fucking cat <laughs> but the um yeah, the, the bur- of respectability dropped the, the burglar was called <laughs> i found out all about him through my copper mate and he was well known in the area in fact you know what bleep that out right bleep it out <clears throat> because right. he's, he's i think he's back on the outside now and he's quite a notorious criminal in this part of london okay and he right. and he's bur- god he burgled our house and then he nicked my car at the same time so what he did was He's, the keys to the car were in right a little next. drawer next to the front door. Yeah. So he got it. We found this out afterwards when he revealed his MO to the police. He just gets the key. Then he walks up the adjacent street, pressing the button, you know, sees which mm. car unlocks, gets in it, pulled it up outside the house, loaded my car with my Makes stuff. It easier. Yeah. Then fucked off, right? Then they were hunting him, and I was getting daily updates from my mate who was uh, a copper in the same area. And he was going, oh, yeah, this geezer's driving around, brazen, like boulders brass driving around West London in your motor. And every policeman has that um, registration like on their mm. list. They're on the lookout. But they know it's him, and they know how mad he is. So they're under instructions not to pursue him if they see him in the car because he's. they know that he's, he, he's the sort of bloke who will gladly mount the pavement and just plough through pedestrians and whatever else is in his way to uh, to evade arrest right Fucking hell. so yeah. they'd see him and he'd be looking at the police like yeah what are you gonna do right and they couldn't check they've been told don't chase him because he's too mad right we've got to mm. creep up on him right <laughs> put a net over him one night they so i'm hearing all these updates about how he's on the loose in my car and i've got to admit slowly day by day this guy's earning my respect and admiration yeah right <laughs> and yeah and and in the end, they catch him, and it's a full-on, like, Startsky and Hutch. They chase him on foot. They chase him up through a building and across some roofs, like in, mm. like, a cop show. And in the end, he was stood on the edge of a roof with no further to go, and the police were stood a few yards back, and he was going, get back, I'm high on drugs, I will jump, right? And apparently the police were going, all right, then, mate, fine, do what you want. <laughs> right? <laughs> So they called See, his. See, it was a bit of pit work. Yeah, exactly. So they called his bluff and they nicked him. 
And then after they nicked him, they once you're like in custody, you know, on what you call it, is it not parole? What mm. is it when you're waiting for your case? On remand. On remand. They say, listen, right, if you help <clears> us <throat> out and give us, uh, you, you come round all the places you've burgled and tell us some... Oh, so he wasn't on remand, he was in he was oh, yeah. on bill. Yeah, that so was it. He, was, he, was, he, was, large he, he must have been post-remand because he was waiting for sentencing. They said, if you help us by giving us intel on how you go about your burglaring business, Ooh. then we will consider that in your sentencing. So he went, all right. So what they do is they get him in a car and they drive him around all the areas where he burgled and he has to explain what his MO was, right? He's pointing and stuff out, pointing out weaknesses. They brought him to our house and do you know what he said? They went, why did you choose this house of all the houses on the street? He goes, <laughs> to be honest, the blinds look nice, good quality, right? Because we, we hadn't been in the house that long, so the blinds were new. He went... You've got to always look at the blinds. He said, because some right. of these houses, they look nice, but once you get inside, they're absolute shitholes. There's nothing worth nicking at all. So <laughs> me and the lads, me and the lads, we just look at the blinds and think, yeah, nice taste. Let's go in. They've probably got some nice gear. So I was quite flattered by that. And then, because obviously this bloke is slowly becoming my hero. Definitely. They said to him, what do you do with all the um, with all the stuff that when you've nicked it? He goes, huh, what do you think I'd do? We go and fence the lock it. Up. He goes, we go and fence it that afternoon. And then me and the lads, we just we just celebrate a day's work by hiring out the biggest suite at the local Hilton and just getting loads of hookers and coke. Wow. Apparently my he's mate... Like, he's like Robin Hood. Yeah, exactly. Apparently my mate's mates, the coppers who were interviewing him, were just laughing, going, fucking hell, can I be in your gang? <laughs> what a way to live. Yeah. And, live um, from day to day, job to job. Exactly, just live day to day. And then in the end, but then, so I'm already thinking this bloke, although he's in in some ways destroyed my life, um, temporarily at least, uh, in other well, ways, yeah. what a guy. And he, I mean, obviously it plays into my love of your, your Dick Turpins and your Robin Hoods of this world, the outlaw exactly. mentality. Yeah. Then I find out on top of that, he's a hot felon, right? He's really fit, right? And uh, <laughs> and my mate, the copper, brings a picture of him, and everyone's looking, and all the women, like his wife and everyone, looking at him going, "Fucking hell, Woo. this bloke's really sexy." <laughs> so on top of that, he's a hot fellow. I'm like, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna go and see this guy in prison and try and like make a drama about him. Um, yeah. Then the next I heard of him was because I was getting updates from inside somehow, and I heard I heard he was in hospital in in the prison hospital. Because they, um, they at the time there was still the sm- very small flip phones, and people, mm. some people were managing to um, smuggle the phones into Nick up their bums. Early, yeah, yeah. But he had tried it with like an early sort of second generation iPhone, and right. he he had ruptured his anus, and <laughs> and was in the prison hospital. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I felt bad for him. By that stage, the lots yeah. of justice stuff was all sorted out yeah. anyway. And uh, that worked out all right. They give you vouchers, though. They won't give you cash. They give you loads of PC World vouchers to go and replace really? your TV and laptops. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, I yeah. suppose so. You, you get the stuff. I never had um, I never had continent insurance for about six years. Fucking hell. So I just couldn't afford it. Yeah. And I didn't get burgled, so I won. Yeah, basically. good. Good on you. Yeah. And if I'd got burgled, there was nothing worth taking anyway, so I thought, fuck it. Do you know what I mean? 
Well, that's it. I, thought, I mean, that, they, that's they might, actually they might take, a good point. They might, they might take 500 quid's worth of stuff and yeah. then, you know, I'll just buy it. It's diff- better than paying contents insurance. I've got it now, if anyone's... Yeah, well, now your was. rig is full of... Now your rig yeah. is like... Um, oh, full of golden jewels. And yeah. What was his name? Did you... Yeah, uh, we, we were sent that best rig ever of uh, Sterling Moss, who sadly passed away last oh, week. Oh, I missed that. And um, missed that. So, someone, when when he passed away, sent us this clip, but it had already been sent to us in the past. And it was because there was a BBC little news report from, I think, the late 70s or early 80s, where a reporter from like something like... I don't know, nationwide, goes oh. and spends a day looking around Sterling Moss's house, which is a house right. of the future. And it was it, oh. it it was exactly like fucking Wallace and Gromit, but like better. Right. He had buttons for fucking everything. The roof fucking kept opening, hell. that he could watch everyone in every room, which he said, and listen to everyone in every room, which he said was very important to him, but didn't reveal why. It was pretty I'm sinister. I'm sure it stuff. was. Yeah, you fucking it pretty creep. sinister. Um, but yeah, that's how I, that's what your rig in Sunderland's like now, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah, in the early stages. I mean, George Best was like that as well, wasn't it? George Best had a house of the future. Did he? Built. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was more like kind of modern and high-tech and swinging 60s architecture. Yeah. And it, it, it had stuff like curtains that could operate with a button and stuff like that, but yeah. he was just too pissed to use it all, I think. Racy, Racy so, in uh, um, in uh, Melchester Odyssey has got a house that's a little bit like that. He's got that fancy space-age TV, hasn't he? He has, that's right, yeah. And a balcony upstairs. Yeah. And, and, a heli- and obviously a helipad as well. Jalapeño. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jalapeño. I think Gary Neville had an eco house built in the countryside. Classic. And it was like a dome, and then there was like surrounding mini domes around it or something like that, and it looked like a, a daisy sort of petal. I mean, but, he um, does some good things, still, Gary think, Neville, doesn't he? Like, he made his hotel available to um, homeless people yeah, during the virus. He's, we've criticised him in the past, but he's, he's on the whole a good fellow. The, I the think thing Gary about Neville. him is, it's, he's confusing, isn't he? Because his values and <clears throat> principles seem to be aligned with our own. In you know, mm. like a decent bloke, but his attitude and tone suggests that he's like a fucking turbo Lampard. So it's yeah. confusing, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> like you think, it nice is. bloke, but I'm not sure if I could hang around with him. <laughs> be a bit much, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> a bit full on. It's something for everyone there. I think. I remember my mate years ago uh, interviewing him for a football magazine, and he said they were doing a, they were doing a. Are photo you clicking shoot. some? You are? are you clicking something? Yeah, of course I am, mate. I'll put it down now. It's just Thank my you. clicker. <laughs> my podcasting clicker. Ah, get the clicker out. It's time to podcast. Put some clicking on. Oh, everyone likes to hear the clicking. They, they, were, they were interviewing Gary and Phil Neville together when they were both still quite young. 
And yeah. Phil was sort of like, just like, it's basically the classic Del Boy and Rodney double act, right? Phil's just like <laughs> <laughs> the dopey sort of kid hanging about. And uh, Gary was so all over everything, right? And he goes, right, we're done now. Because he was doing the thing where you take the photos and do the interview at the same time to save time, yeah. right? And and the, and the camera the the cameraman goes, I haven't got quite enough, Gary. Can we do one more roll? And he, because in those days they're still using film, and he goes, How many's in a roll? And he said something like thirty-two. <laughs> and he went thirty-two. All right, come on then. And he goes, and he snaps once. He goes one. He snaps once. He goes two. <laughs> right. And then my mate who was doing the interview tried to distract him by intervening with questions. He said, oh, so, you yeah. know, can you ever see yourself playing at another club or, you know, do your mum and yeah. dad come to every game, blah, blah, blah. And Gary Neville's just looking him back in the eye, answering every question very quickly. <laughs> no, I could not. Yes, they come to most games if they can. Da, 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 da. Right. <laughs> Fucking machine gunning answers back, right? And he's going, it's going really well. And he thinks he's totally distracted. <laughs> then after about three questions, he suddenly just goes, 28. Bucket the counting wood. <laughs> he was counting the whole time in his head while simultaneously answering questions. Because that is the measure of the man. And this was when he was, what, 20? Yes. Yeah, like that was that. when he was still... <laughs> Brilliant. He was still in development. Imagine what he's yeah. like now. Well, and, you see and, a development, but it sounds like he's arrived fully formed, doesn't it, really? Another mate of mine um, is... Well, a guy you know as well. He um, he works in the ad industry and he's a big mm. man new fan and he helped out Gary Neville and all the rest of them uh, when they were launching that football club or they took over Salford, didn't they? Yeah, right? that's yeah. right, yeah. And he helped them just, I think, with the branding of the club and the communications and stuff like that. And uh, he told me, he was dealing with all of them, right, apart from Beckham. Beckham was always in America, but the rest of them mm. were all involved. But Gary was the sort of de facto leader. And he said, and this guy's worked with all different company, like chief executives of some of the biggest brands in the world and all of this. He said, I mean, he might be biased, he's a Man U fan, but he said he'd, he'd never met a more impressive, on it, across it person in any area yeah. of business than Gary yeah. Neville. In terms of his ability to understand brand yeah. new shit really quickly, get a grip on it and start taking control. I mean, we've said in the past that the, the, the ideal populist prime minister for this country would be Gary Lineker, but it should probably be Gary Neville, really, shouldn't it? Should it should be Gary Neville, he and I'd have Lineker as his vibes, man. Yeah. Because yeah. Lineker would be like the softer side, of it, like, like the acceptable face of it. I think Gary yeah. Neville's almost like a Gordon Brown to Lineker's Blair. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. Gordon Brown yeah. was the real brains behind New Labour and the driving force mm. and the guy who got shit done <clears throat> and was a genius. And Blair was just a fucking brilliant salesman. Yeah. Uh, but but Neville on his own would be just too much for everyone. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> yeah, he'd, he'd you'd be like, mate, I love all your policies, but for fuck's mm. sake, I just can't vote for you anymore. You're too annoying. <laughs> have, you, um, have you watched the uh, on ITV Hub the Euro 96 documentary that's appeared? Strangely, no. You haven't got right now yet. That's really weird because I'm a man who sort of defines myself by his love of Euro 96 and and just thinks that, you know, life and civilization as we know it peaked in that summer. But I don't know, in a way, because it means so much to me and the memories in my mind are so golden and treasured, Mm. 
I suppose, you know, in a way, I will get round to it, but I'm nervous about it in case it yeah. adjusts some of my special memories. You know how things are different when you look them back? Like you saying recently, I think you said, did you say that Italia 90 was shit? And yeah. I was like, yeah, but it wasn't shit to me. Do you know what I mean? It was shit if looked yeah. at other, objectively. Other than, other than the England story and Scalacci, that's pretty much all it Roger was. Roger Miller. Oh, yeah, of course, Cameroon, yeah, sorry. Or, as yeah. Edward Woodward pronounces it in the FIFA film, Mila. <laughs> Russia Mila. That's Edward Woodward does <laughs> does that one. So you've got Connery be... doing 82, Kane doing 86, and Woodward <clears throat> doing 1990. Fucking equaliser. The equaliser, wow. yeah. I forgot yeah. about Cameroon. Yeah. So, but on the whole, Talia 90, one great. No, no, no. But this documentary's no. really good. I would watch it, but... The, the one thing that startled me... This documentary in itself is at four years old, I think. It's not a new one. I don't remember seeing it the first time. Mm. But Terry Venables looks so fucking old in it. Do you know how old Terry Venables is now? How old? 77. Fucking hell. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't compute. No, I that, can't that, imagine 77-year-old Terry Venables. That. That I mean, mean, it makes sense when you think about it, but to <laughs> me, Terry Venables is always... I'll tell, Eddie's always Euro 96. He's forever. And you think about it, he El hasn't Tell's managed for a long time, tanned, has he? About 40, mm. a Crombie overcoat hung on his shoulders, right? Yeah. Um, and that his mixture is an intoxicating cocktail of expensive <laughs> cologne and fine single malt whiskey. And he's in that, what was that? He's in Scribes. He's singing a song Scribes on West. stage. Yeah, yeah. Scribes he's, West. He's singing yeah. Mr. Bojangles. He is. Or Mac the Knife. No, Mac the Knife would be his one, wouldn't it? But that, yeah, he's seventy-seven. I mean, he must have been seventy-three when they made this documentary, and he 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 looks it. But he's still got all his faculties about him, and he's still there. You know, he, you it's know, nice he's to got, see him. He, he's got a luxury hotel in Portugal now, and has he? He's retired there with his missus, and it, good he, for and him. He lives full time in the sun, just like you dream of doing. Yeah, and yeah, why um, not? And it's a. I've looked at the hotel online because I plan to why go and you? stay at it. Meet him and befriend him. Yes, <laughs> in an idle moment. Offer offer loss adjustment services in case he ever needs them, uh, <laughs> which hey, he'll interpret as it, a threat. No, it would be a great. It would be a great. It would be a great um, conversation starter, wouldn't it? I'll go there. I'll be at the breakfast buffet, just serving myself up a bit of like cubed melon into my bowl. Yeah, right. Get yeah. myself one of I'll those fit. plain continental <laughs> yogurts and some honey. <laughs> Right, the honey you get up with that weird wooden device. What is that? You know those honey-serving things? I don't know. I'll oh, send is. you a picture of one. Anyway, they always have, have them you like got one? European breakfast buffets. I'm going to fucking get one, actually. That's brilliant. I'll get it off Instagram. I think it's called like a honey twirler or something like that. Anyway, right. that, there I'd be at my continental breakfast buffet and mm. Tell would come in just to oversee stuff, make sure everything's right. Have we got enough butter, sachets out, etc.? Yeah. You know, does anyone need... Attention to detail. I'm I'm just going to restock the mini boxes of cornflakes and shreddies here. You know, the little Mm -hmm. ones, right? I'm just going to make sure there's enough of them out. I'll go, tell, nice place you got here. They go, (laughs) oh, thank you very much. Listen, uh, (laughs) if you you ever... I mean, place like this, lovely, but it's going to be a target, especially around (laughs) here. Let's face it. Portuguese lads, you know, there's a lot of poverty. There'll be people casing this joint. Don't, don't Just, take this the wrong way. <laughs> but. You want to look into getting lo- uh, loss adjuster cover, right? 
What that means is someone who can represent you if you're in a situation where the loss adjuster comes to check out the situation. I've been through it myself. I could do it. I'll do it for next to nothing, right? I know I'll all do it the for tricks. Cost. Do it for cost price. <laughs> you put me up here for like 10 days and that'll cover it. I'll, I'll do your loss adjuster. It's just something. One less thing for you to worry about. Do you know what I mean? You're getting old. You don't need the grief. One other thing. Can you explain how this wooden hoodie thing works? I'm not sure what it is. Do you know what? Elle tells for a luxury manference for our very elite of elite platinum mm. IFS, yeah. right? Yeah. We could do a manference at Elle tells Portuguese Hotel. Do we know what it's called? I can find out. I was looking at El it a lot. Mm. So, I mean, he, what was the last club he managed? Was it Leeds? Because he, he failed spectacularly at Leeds in about yeah, 2004, Yeah, he sort of did the rounds. It was, a, it was a sad sort of like, in the end, he just became a gun for hire. Because he was elite. Yeah. I mean, you could almost say, he's almost my favourite ever manager that didn't manage West Ham. Well, th- this is the thing. When you're watching it, this documentary, all of the players absolutely fucking loved him. Yeah. Absolutely loved him. And you could tell that the way that they played yeah, yeah, Leeds was his last job, 2003. And he, and he, you know, the thing is, he he was like a combination of all the best managers because he had mm. that sort of wide boy charisma of Harry Redknapp, but he had all the tactical acumen <clears throat> of his time of like a Guardiola or Klopp. He was a, an innovator. Mm. You know, he created new forms, his QPR team, his Palace team. That's why he got the job. Who goes from QPR to Barcelona? Makes no sense, right? But he yeah. did because he was so well known as like the, three years in Barcelona, the, the, yeah, the smartest coach around in Europe at the yeah. time. So he had all that the charisma of like you know your red nap or a bit of cluff. He had that toughness and wisdom of like Alex Ferguson. He had the lot, didn't he? Um, and then he did Spurs, and he had Waddle, and he had Gascoigne, and he had Lineker. Yeah, yeah, Fucking it was hell, a great man. Spurs team. I mean, it wasn't quite yeah. good enough to ever challenge for the title, but you know. Spurs and Spurs feel more Spursy to me, and I know it'll sound like I'm being biased as a West Ham fan. But if I step mm. away from that um, rivalry, Spurs are quintessentially Tottenham when they yeah. have a um, really exciting sort of flamboyant team with mm. two or three complete maverick, world class geniuses, and they never are good. They, they've never got the backbone to challenge the title, but they win the cup once in a while. That's Tottenham. Yeah. And that was Tottenham That's... under Venables, wasn't it? Yeah. That's almost all they want, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Having that, that yeah. swashbuckling style. Yeah. And some cups. That's what you want <clears throat> but... in any club. I, I imagine, it's like my mum, who doesn't know fuck all about football, despite the fact she's, you know, reared four football-obsessed sons. She doesn't really <laughs> understand it. But uh, one of her few sort of... Um, maxims on the game is mm. it would be boring if you won every week and I used to because she used to say it to me yeah. to console me when West Ham lost and I'd be like shut up mum of course it fucking would it'd be wouldn't. brilliant shut up mum <laughs> well, you know what you're talking about you old cow I want to win everything your mind's gone I'm sticking you in a home right <laughs> um, and but in a way you know at the moment on FIFA career mode I graduated from Brentford, who I got promoted. Mm. Um, then I got sacked by Brentford for reasons I still am bitter about and don't understand. I did right. about six months at Blackburn as an interim. And then I took over Villa. And Villa was the best because I got them promoted. Then I got them mm. into the UEFA Cup. 
Then I won the mm. uh, the Europa League. Sorry. Then I won that. Then I won the FA Cup too. Then I got them into the Champions League. Then I finished second. And then after that, I got bored. So I, I got offered a job by Real Madrid and joined them. And now at Real yeah. Madrid, I just win every game. And it's boring. Yeah. It was yeah, more exciting exactly. than I was at Brentford or Villa. Where the, you have these... Was a narrative. Once yeah. in a while, you get these spectacular victories that feel incredible. Yeah. Rather than just winning, winning, winning. And at Madrid, even if you come second by goal difference, they'll sack you. Exactly. Too much pressure. Icarus flew too close to the sun. Like Spudgelite. Brings us back to Spudgelite, that, doesn't it? Kind it's of. just what we said about the, them. Um, but check it out, look, it's, it's really good. It's, it's mostly about Venables and Stuart Pearce. They're the, they're the stars of it. It's Brilliant. well worth watching. Brilliant. Um, that's that's kind of it. This was going to be a mailbag episode. We didn't get around doing any mailbag stuff, so we might try again later today. Can I quickly tell you about Nelson's tale, just real quick? I mean, I'm not going to do a better long be. story. It better be quick. All I'm saying, I'm saying is, because I know people will be interested, because I put it on Twitter, I had a very adventurous night last night. It wasn't <clears> nice. <throat> the cat got its door, its tail slammed in our back door, right? Ooh, a big, quite heavy fuck. back door, glass sort of door that leads out to garden. And a gust of wind came and it slammed oh, his tail. Man. And we thought the tail was broken, but mm-hmm. in fact it was badly lacerated, which is Oof. horrible, but is better than it. It didn't have to be removed or put in a plaster cast. So yeah. I had to go to a 24-hour vet, right? They yeah. quoted us at first 950 quid. Fucking right. a bit of tail work. Yeah, for a bit of tail work. tail work. Then we said, what's the alternative? And they went, the alternative is we'll give him a shot of antibiotics and you can hope for the best that it heals. That'll cost nothing. And I thought, fucking <laughs> hell. And then we kept pushing them. And in the end, they revealed, well, there is one other option where we could just staple it and give Jesus. him antibiotics. That's 250 quid. So we were like, well, we'll go for that one, fuck's sake. Why didn't they say that first? It's 250 quid It's dodgy, isn't it? It's really dodgy. I mean, I don't blame the vet personally. I think the vet is probably in the employ of a company. Do you know what I mean? And that's their, probably what the rule that they have to stitch is quote them the highest thing first. In the end, we said, yeah. And then they called us back and said, oh, actually, it's been more complicated than we thought. So it's now 750. Oh, fuck off. So yeah, I I I had to go there. Hand it over at the door to a nurse. They go, stand outside, wait outside in the car, the vet will call you. So you have to sit outside the, in the car all evening outside this vet. And they're just like Waiting calling you call. once in a while and giving you things. Now the cat's home. Its tail's been shaved, which is a quite a sight. And it's yeah. got a cone round its head and it's not allowed out. And it doesn't fucking know what the hell's going on. And when we got it home last night, it was it's still... It's Sam. It's a, it's a he. Yeah. And you he call was... It, call it a minute. He, he was... He was um, he was still high on sedatives when we got him home. So he's got this shaved <laughs> tail, right? He's got a big plastic comb around his head and he was behaving. He, he was like sitting down purring. Then suddenly he'd spring to his feet and run backwards in reverse, then fall over and roll around on his back, then get back up and do the same thing all over again. <laughs> the vet said, I called the vet. I said, hey, he's behaving a bit fucking peculiar. And they said, yeah, he's still high. Said he's high as a kite. He'll be fine in the morning. But anyway, that's the Nelson update. It's a real shame. It is, and it was a gust of wind on the door, wasn't it? It was a gust of wind on the door. Yeah. There's no evidence that it was fat black cat. Well, the fat black cat wasn't seen, but he's an elusive bastard. That cat, and and as we know, there is there is still strong suspicions that he is a ghost cat. So perhaps. 
he can take on a cloak of invisibility like some ghosts are, are able to do. I don't Probably, know, but it, it was yeah. a weird situation. I wasn't there when it happened. I was at, I was out having a kick around with Len and I got the call. Mm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, bit of adventure, been in isolation for ages. And one thing I noticed when I was sat outside the vet for two hours in a car on the street is that the only yeah. people who are out on the streets at that time of night are drug addicts, interestingly. Because oh, right. they have to be, don't they? They can't stay yeah. in because they have to go out and get dressed. But the really bad ones whose like, faces are kind of quite skeletal. It was a shame. But I saw loads yeah. of them. Said a load to a few of them. All right, mate, out to get your drugs, yeah. are you? Don't blame me. <laughs> nah, I'm just Good waiting luck. for my cat's tail to be fixed. Stop. <laughs> Strange times, eh? Anyway, God bless. <laughs> <laughs> right. Shall we attempt a, uh, a mailbag later on the day? Yeah, let's give him a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is some things to read out, so yeah, we'll have a go. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening to this. Uh, All the right. best. Bye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 